This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. And we are back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard, right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We just wrapped up a great segment about the politics of politics and how um, uh, politicians and elected officials are pretty much manufactured. It's all through media and messaging and just a great campaign team. And then you have a politician. So, uh, Bad news, good news, but you know what? The more we know, the more empowered we are. Now we are shifting gears. As you guys know, every month on Let Your Voice Be Heard, we do a very special original series called the Dreamer and Doer series where we talk to a young, inspirational millennial who is doing not only great things in their own lives, but in the lives of other people. And I am extremely happy to introduce to you guys Damali Elliott. She is the founder of the new of the New York City based youth development organization Petals and Bells. She is also a social innovator who inspires girls to face the world without fear and redefine their wildish wildest dreams. In addition, she's a speaker, a strategist, a mentor, and she is leading a movement of young women who are empowered to create positive change in their lives and throughout their communities. Welcome to the show, Damali. Thank you. Really excited to be here today, so thank you guys so much for having me. No, definitely. Um, I actually met Damali, I think it was back in September or August, and um, you were, I was actually at this great uh, panel discussion, and you weren't on the panel, but after meeting and I got your card and I looked up your organization, I'm like, wow, this woman is doing phenomenal things, and you're so young, too. And I mean, like, I mean, sometimes we when we see people who are quote-unquote successful in life, we look at them as like older people, our idols, our role models are older, but it says something when us still in our, you know, our young age or, you know, us as millennials can do something so empowering. And I think that Petals and Bells is great for that. And you're a role model for all of these young girls. So let's just start there. Can you actually tell us more about Petals and Bells? Absolutely. So Petals and Bells is a social development organization based here in New York City. And what we do is we partner with New York City junior high schools and high schools that hand select girls in need. And we provide them with mentoring through lifelong mentorship. And we work with companies like American Express and Essence Magazine, Serene Social and other organizations. And we train women to become lifelong mentors to our girls. In addition to that, we take girls to museums and restaurants and basically curate really exciting social educational experience for them to counteract the environments that they're currently living in. Right. Um, And so with you doing all of this work with these young girls and, you know, you set up this foundation, I believe you founded it in what, 2010? Yes. So you've been doing it for five years now. Phenomenal, phenomenal job that you're doing this. This is full time too, right? It is. Thank you. Excellent. No, I mean, it's, it's not easy to create your own thing organization and to fully dedicate and emerge your life in something that you're passionate about that's phenomenal and you know you're speaking about all of these young girls one of the questions that I have for you is what do you think is you know one of the biggest challenges that young girls here in New York City are facing and how is Petals and Bells really addressing that issue or issues like do you think it's multiple things or is there one hard-hitting issue that you focus on that you think these young girls throughout the five boroughs are facing and that we need to address? 
I think it's really a lack of support and genuine support in having the correct amount of role models around them. Um, one of the things that comes to mind is immediate gratification when it comes to kids. You know, they want everything right now. And that's really hard, especially when you have to work hard to get, <clears throat> excuse me, where you want to go in life. So I think it's really about supporting them and, and consistently supporting them and helping them to build a foundation, allowing them to understand that the work that I'm doing now now, it, it, I may not see it, you know, manifest in the way that I would like to, but it will absolutely create a bigger and brighter future for me. So I think it's really about providing them with support. And when I say that, I mean, it's individuals like you and myself really having relationships with kids and it not just being, you know, this one time, you know, discussion or coming to their school twice a year. It's really about them knowing you and you knowing them and truly being able to integrate into their lives and meet them where they are in order to show them that, yes, you can have everything that you want. Because a lot of the children that I work with, unfortunately, they really don't know what they want and everything that they want is based on their environment. So if you're living, you know, in poverty, if you're living in a housing project, a housing authority, if you're living in a community that does not is that does not speak to your potential, but rather it speaks to just the current circumstances of your environment, then, you know, where are these kids going to go? And so with Petals and Bells, we're changing that and we're counteracting that by literally transporting girls from their current devastating environments to new and exciting environments that breed their potential, you know, so allowing them to go to museums and plays, allowing them to step into many different corporate offices. We've taken the girls from, from to Google, to HBO, to CNN, so many different places and allowing them to really just understand that they fit in. Wow. Phenomenal again. And it's amazing that um, you can offer these girls something so substantive, like actually walking into HBO or Google and showing them, you know what, this is tangible. This is something that you can achieve. Just put your mind to it. And it's one thing to say it, but to actually bring it to them so they can feel it and have a taste of that. That's powerful. Um, one of the things you, you talked about was these these young girls being in poverty, right? That is so detrimental when you have these young girls growing up, like you said, and, you know, maybe it's a broken household. But on top of that, they're growing up in a housing project where their district school is failing them. And around them, they walk outside, they're in these drug-infested, gang-infested environments, and all they see is, you know, nothing ne- uh, nothing positive. And that can really affect them psychologically. How can, can you talk more about how just being in poverty might hurt these girls based on your research, based on your organization, and based on what you see day to day. You work with these girls. Do they share these stories? Do they say, like, you know, I don't have money to eat tonight? You know, so, so like, is it like that? Yeah, you know, it's it's really interesting to me, and it's something I'm super sensitive about, because when you read the statistics, you know, such as the, the, the Connecticut Commission of Children has stated that every year a child lives in poverty, his or her future annual earnings are reduced by more than $11,000, thus further perpetuating the cycle of poverty. And so when you read statistics like that, it brings it home. But at the same time, when you build a relationship with these really dynamic young girls and then you're really literally taking them home into a shelter, you know, that's really hard. And so to work with girls who have some have never had their own room. I grew up, you know, very blessed to work with girls who are living in overcrowded, overcrowded homes, excuse me. You know, these things are it's devastating because poverty is literally 
literally robbing children of a nurturing environment, you know. And so if you're not being nurtured and you don't have the opportunity to go home after school and sit down at a table and have dinner and work on your homework, then what happens? You Mm -hmm. know, I've literally had girls who would come to my office to do their work because they don't have a place in their home to do work. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I just think that what what needs to be done is that everyone literally needs to chip in to help to alleviate this issue because it's 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 in front of our faces every single day and that's why I'm so passionate about it because every time I see and work with girls I see myself they're just me in a different circumstance you mm-hmm. know and setting and that's really disturbing to me Damali you hit on so many important points and I think that you know, a lot of times we take this handoff approach in society. We walk right past homeless people. We don't even think about the homelessness crisis in our city and in our states. And we don't think about how this affects children and especially most, you know, the disenfranchised children who happen to be of color, who happen to be girls. They're like five steps behind as soon as they're born and brought into this world. And for you to take this empathetic approach to it is something that I think we should all be doing. If we cared that much and said, hey, I could have been this little girl or this little girl is me just in a different circumstance. I think that that would all help. That, that would help in better society. So um, the states of California and I think Seattle have filed states of emergency for the homelessness in, in those places. Washington. And Washington, thank you, have filed states of emergencies. Do you think that's something that we need to do with a um, special focus on like young girls and women? Absolutely. And I think it's for just youth period. You know, I think, you know, we always talk about the future and where we're going. And I just think unless we place a huge focus on youth and really hit them before the curve, then we really, you know, we can't solve any problems in the future. And so to me, especially knowing that over 250 million girls worldwide are living near or below poverty, I just think it is a state of emergency and one that, you know, I agree. I think that's something that we absolutely need to initiate because we literally walk past these kids every single day. And that's the most disturbing thing. And, you know, a lot of us, you know, not everyone's a politician like Stanley or politically minded or not everyone's involved in an organization like Jackie or fights on a legal basis like Alyssa representing these people. But, you know, so so what about everyone else? How can we all get involved? Like, you know, what what can we do? Because some people will say, you know what? You're right. What's Amali doing? That's admirable. And we should be doing this. But what am I supposed to do? Like, what would, what would be your advice to them? I would say, for one, um, start speaking to these kids. Because when I ride the trains, for example, and especially during the hours where kids are going to school or coming home, it is really, re- they literally kind of like take over the trains in New York City. <laughs> yeah. And everyone just sits by and shakes their head. And I'm and I, I speak to them. And so when I see children doing something that to me, you know, is out of character or puts them in harm's way, or ha- they're having a conversation that to me doesn't, you know, doesn't empower them, I jump in. And that's been something that I've done before I started the organization. And that's something that I recommend everyone do, because that conversation could start mentorship right there. You know, so don't be afraid to talk to kids. The other is absolutely join organizations like Petals and Bells and Big Big Brother, Big Sister, excuse me, and Girl Scouts and all these organizations that do support kids so that you have an end to building a relationship with youth. And um, also look in your family. Like we all have youth in our family that are misled, that need help, that need guidance. So I feel like it's all around us, whether it's our neighbors, whether it's youth in our family, whether it's kids in school, we can literally start conversations when we see them. 
Well, one time I tried to talk to a teenager on a train, and I tapped them. I'm like, hey, man, what's wrong? And he pointed to my sneakers, and he went, what are those? <laughs> what? <laughs> so I don't want to do that anymore. And he because was right. I had I had shot that pay less, and he made me sad about it. <laughs> you got bullied by a teen, Staley. But That's I, what happened. I think that this raises a really important point that, and I love that you say even just talking, like looking at kids in your own family. I think that you know it, we're not saying everybody needs to go start an organization to address um, these ills in society and you know fix the world by doing that. You know, you could take a little step, right? You can just talk to like your cousin who you think is maybe like not being heard and advocate for them and start a mentorship up there. Just do a little, if everybody did a little thing, like talk to someone or supported organizations that are doing this great work, um, we would get a lot farther. Absolutely. No, absolutely. And you know what? As much great work as Damali is doing, I want to bring up some other points. Um, So you also call yourself a chief dream builder. Can you describe what that means? So in the nonprofit space, the role that I play is executive director, which is, you know, all the day-to-day operational and programmatic, you know, aspects of the work that we do at Pedals and Bells. And so um, I guess one of the fun parts of having your own organization is, you know, creating titles. And so I didn't want to be an executive director. And I'm huge about dreams. And so I feel like I am building a dream. And so I decided to give myself that title, Chief Dream Builder. That's awesome. Yeah, right. so thank you. No, it makes sense. Dreamer built. You are a dreamer and doer and a dream builder. That is definitely phenomenal. That must look so cool on grant proposals. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they like it. You know, some people are so conservative that sometimes I just flip it and I'll put executive director. Yeah. But for the most part, I stick to it because I literally am building this dream. Hold it down. Speaking awesome. of grant proposals, you have your own not-for-profit. What is some of the, what has been, I guess, one of the biggest challenges when it comes to running this phenomenal organization day to day? I mean, is it, you know, funding? Is it grants? Can you talk about, you know, how, you know, how you've been able to keep this thing running for five years? 30,000 cups of coffee. That is how it all started. Um, No. So honestly, funding is really a huge challenge, you know, and it's not getting any easier because of the structure of the nonprofit industry. And, you know, I personally think this is the worst industry of all industries because we are so low funded and people have this misconception that if you are giving to an organization, you should only be giving to the organization so that they can provide the service and they forget about the operational aspect of it. And so we're literally starving. And I, you know, organizations, excuse me, organizations that have a budget of below a quarter million, it's really hard for them to get funding. And so as a grassroots organization, I mean, the first three years, I literally moved back home to my parents and they gave me, you know, allowance like they did when I was in high school. (laughs) And that is what I had to do to make it through to get to a point where I am today, which is still really hard. So funding is hard. So I would also say to everyone, you know, the organizations that you love, support them like we need monetary support so even if that is ten dollars a month you know that helps you know so I just think that we as a community we have to stand for nonprofits because the causes are huge right but then you have these really small nonprofits fighting these really big causes and if everyone chimes in then we have a greater chance at actually combating and solving these social problems 
I call that the nonprofit industrial complex. <laughs> um, do you feel like, do you ever get worried that like you're going to be so focused and have to work so hard to get funding, you end up losing sight of the mission? Because I know a lot of nonprofits, they have to get those deliverables in for those grants or they lose the funding. Absolutely. And sometimes it doesn't fit into what you're trying to do. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm hope I actually, I'm dying for really successful and bigger nonprofits to chime in more in this conversation. And I really want the entire structure of this industry to change because that is exactly it. You know, grants are very similar to thesis papers and who gets to have fun or do anything else when they're working on that, you know? So it takes up all of our time and at Petals and Bells, it's just myself and one other person on the day-to-day team. And so I guess the other thing that I would advise people to do, if you don't have the money, which I think we all have at least five to $10 a month to give, just saying. Um, give your time, give your services, help an organization, you know, apply for a grant, come in for a weekend and help them with whether it's their assessments or whatever element that you can do. And it's not just about volunteering and touching the the constituents that the org- the constituents, excuse me, that the organization is helping. It's really also about supporting the organization so we can further the work. Right. Um, on that note, we have to wrap it up. But before we do, Zamali, we asked all of our Dreamer and Doer important question you're doing a lot but what do you dream to do and i just want to add in that zamali had you know from from reading your bio um and and reading some of your background information a very comfortable position in pr entertainment before you decided to leave that field completely and to follow your dream and now you're this dream builder um that's a lot right and you've accomplished so much in the last five years what do you dream to do when it comes to pedals and bells and really helping these um these young and disenfranchised girls I dream of this organization making a global impact. I dream of being able to make it easier for other individuals that are passionate about social good. I dream about being able to help give them seed funding and provide them with the resources that they need so that they can get into this industry because it is just so devastatingly hard. And, you know, the the great part is the work that we're doing and the girls are so phenomenal that they are absolutely our fuel to keep going. And so it's it's this wonderful balance. But at the same time, this industry is in dire need of help. It is. And thank God for people like you again, Zamali Elliott, you guys should should go support Pedals and Bells right now. They have a GoFundMe account. Um, you can go to their website. What is it? www.pedalsandbells.org. B-E-L-L-E-S. Right. We care about these issues, guys, and you should too. And that's a great way to start helping the solution in these issues. Unfortunately, we do have to say goodbye for now, but I just want to leave everyone on a positive note. Whatever you dream to do, you can do it. Just keep your mind to it. And remember, you affect so many other people around you. So make sure your decisions are positive and insightful and enlightening. On that note, we'll see you again next Sunday, and it will be closer to my birthday.